the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Great to be together. Hey, I'm doing something different. If you're listening right now on the Salem Radio Network or in our podcast form, uh, I'm also broadcasting this. I'm recording it on video so you can uh, watch it if you want. It'll be over at uh, YouTube. I'll put it up on YouTube channel. Eagle Ed Martin, Eagle Ed Martin on YouTube channel. Um, I'm starting to get that going. And also, of course, follow us, ProAmericaReport.com. You go to ProAmericaReport.com. You can get signed up for the Daily Wink, What You Need to Know. Every morning goes out at 8 a.m. East Coast time, 5 a.m. Pacific time, and everywhere in between. It's what you need to know. It's this segment, this first segment of the radio show, what you need to know, what's happening, what's really happening, and not, uh, well, as we'll talk about in a moment, not what they're lying about. And they're lying about almost everything. And it's... Um, well, it's uh, scandalous, but it's more than that. So we'll talk about that in a moment. And we will today on today's program. And if you're in the podcast or if you're l- listening online, you can go and find, go to ProAmericaReport.com or go to my Twitter feed at Eagle Ed Martin. As I mentioned, uh, Eagle Ed Martin on a YouTube channel. I'm, I'm kind of starting that up to put lots, lots of content there. Uh, and, uh, but. Here's what I want you to do. Share this, like this, uh, pass it on to other people, get the word out. We take a lot of time. We've got a great team to get this together. And so uh, do that. And back to my point, in a few moments, we'll talk with Naomi Wolf, Dr. Naomi Wolf. And she has become, I don't know, maybe a cultural whistleblower. Has anybody ever called her that? A cultural whistleblower. Someone who has, I, certainly the old phrase, which... You know, I was never a big fan of the Matrix movie. It's a little too much uh, in the in the brain for me. Uh, but red pilled, certainly, she would be fit the fit the category of red pilled. Uh, Dr. Naomi Wolf, a feminist, self described, a Clinton Gore supporter, a leftist in all kinds of ways. Well, she's got been mugged by reality, in particular COVID reality, and. Um, She's got a new book on uh, the uh, uh, Pfizer papers on what's gone on. But so she'll be with us. And she's an extraordinary talk to. She's still pretty liberal on some issues, but she's coming around, uh, I think, on a lot of stuff. And then we'll talk with Todd Benzman from Down on the Border. Todd's, Todd Benzman, Center for Immigration Studies. He has um, written a book, Overrun, about Joe Biden's policies and what it's done to us. It's extraordinary. You want to check that out. Um, so we'll talk with him in a few moments also. But first, what you need to know. What you need to know today is... They're all lying to us. They're all lying to us. And the problem is they're lying to us really, really well. Or maybe say it better. The lies aren't that good, but the power behind the lies, the narrative machine, it's extraordinary. Now, you watch Joe Biden overseas. He said something about how it took a man like me to bring everybody together and make this coalition. Turns out the coalition had been done under uh, under Donald Trump. But so he's just clueless. That's not actually the lies that I mean. His lies, you know, he ran for president claiming that he was going to be the honest one, that somehow Trump was not honest and therefore you needed Biden. He's shown himself 
to be a liar. He lies about the Russia investigation. He lies about the fine people hoax. He lies about almost everything. But at this point, he's kind of a a non-entity in the sense that he's, well, the leader of the mess. Uh, But he's not really, uh, I don't know, he's he's not whom I blame, which maybe I should. I want to give you two concrete examples of how much they're lying to us and how dramatically we're being impacted by the power of the narrative machine. The first is on immigration. When you listen to Todd Benzman in a few moments, what you will hear is that the Biden administration systematically is lying about the numbers. They're lying about what's happening. They're lying about the reality at the border. And they're doing so. It's not just that they're brazen. It's that they're aided, aided by big tech and big media. So in that sense, they're getting away with it. You know, three months ago, we had uh, Todd Benzman tell us, watch this number. They're reporting the number of of, uh, uh, people coming across the border. And he said they just announced they're going to change the way they report it. And when they report it the new way, it's going to look like the people coming across the border, the numbers went way down. And lo and behold, that's what happened. In other words, they pulled off of the true total a certain number of people and claimed they were something else. And then it made it look like the numbers were down. At the border, we're being lied to in every way. We're being lied to about who is eligible for the certain qualifications. The CBP-1, I think, is one way to think of it. We're being lied to about the numbers. We're being lied to about the impact. We're being lied about all of it. But the media, after a short bit of coverage, they went away. They've gone away. They're not bothering. And if you listen closely, you'll hear the drumbeat of what I call now, that I'm, I'm coming up with a new part of this, the narrative machine has the sort of secondary echoes. The secondary echoes, I heard it in my church. In my church this weekend, and I go to a pretty conservative church, I had the pastor talk about how we need to make sure that we're kind to people, even if we oppose the policies. And I thought, who's being unkind? Who's the one being unkind? But the secondary the narrative machine has these secondary influencers, churches, uh, you know, local media is another one, uh, the clean fingernail set of the, of the Chamber of Commerce, on and on and on. But the reality is we're being lied to. We're being thoroughly lied to. The next example we'll get to with Naomi Wolf is we've been lied to about the impact of pharma and what they did. We're being lied to. By the way, I'm not even willing to judge them as harshly as I think Naomi Wolf does, which is to say she believes they were lying all along and that they're murderers. I believe that some of them may have been lying and murderers. Let's hold them accountable. But a lot of people were guessing and a lot of people were guessing. But you know what? They were guessing in the context of these major lies that had scared us silly. We were especially people who were vulnerable. And when I say vulnerable people, I do mean our seniors. I do mean people with so-called comorbidities. People like that, people with those characteristics, they were scared. They are scared. And so when when there's that much fear, you watch. And what it was used, whether it was intentional, back to my 80-20 rule. 80% of the people are going to go along with what's happening. They're not going to think about it or know. They're not going to have time. 20% though are acting malevolently. And the 20% in this case were chasing what? Money and power. Money and power. And at the heart of it, again, at the heart of it, were the lies of the government radically weaponized by the narrative machine, big tech and big media, that didn't challenge it. 
And you don't have to watch cable TV, cable news to see that every other ad is from pharma to realize, huh, maybe they're not going to be as uh, as serious about challenging these things as, as they would if they weren't being paid by big pharma. You don't have to even stick to that. Just stick to the facts. I think Naomi Wolf, the one, the one fact in the prep for this interview she was talking about was there's one instance where there's we know there's 1,200 people who died based on decisions made and they were dishonest decisions. They were not honorable decisions. They weren't negligent. They were lying. And you can't lie and say it's for the larger good if thousands of people die or more than a thousand die and then claim, oh, well, that's just what I decided. No, there's got to be some standards. There's got to be some accountability. Let me finish with this. When you're a young person, and now that I'm a father, I have to deal with it differently. But when I was a young person, I remember when I realized that my parents didn't know everything. You know, my father's very smart. My mother's very capable. These are bright people. And, and I thought for a long time they knew everything. Now that I get older, I realize they're also wise and they really do know how things work. But I remember being a kid and I remember somehow at one point my dad was stumped on some fact. I remember thinking they don't know everything. I also remember later in my life realizing that my parents had, had sometimes not told us the whole truth for our own good. One time I got in trouble and I lost my uh, driver's license for a period because it was taken away because I misbehaved. Nothing dramatic, actually. But And it turns out later I found out that that was my father had done that. He'd been the one that took away my driver's license away to punish me. But it was more dramatic in my life. Here's the problem. Here's what's really happened is we're being lied to by people who are not our parents, not our spouses, not our loved ones. Maybe they think they are because they're the state. But when they're lying to us, and they're caught, no one's held accountable. The Durham report, no one's held accountable. Hillary Clinton and her lies, no one's held accountable. The examples go on and on. You could do Antifa and you could do other things. They, on, on our side, meaning more conservatives, meaning people that challenge the regime, we're held accountable. Go talk to the January 6th people. In fact, they're being held accountable for stuff that didn't happen. But you watch, and these two examples... There's no shame that would make you stop the lying. There's no shame that would make you admit to your failure and, and seek accountability. And there's certainly no accountability in our system right now. What you need to know is when we're lied to with the power of the narrative machine so dramatically, and we still are able to catch them in the lies, the problem right now is, the, the, the regime, the people in charge are building out a system where no matter whether you catch them or not, there'll be no accountability. But if you get caught doing something wrong, you'll be held accountable. Think about what happens when that goes on for a while and how that impacts our ability to live together. That's what you need to know. All right, we'll come back. We'll talk with Dr. Naomi Wolf and Todd Benzman. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Thank you. 
Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Have to check in with our old friend Todd Benzman about the border. Uh, it's, um, well, there's a lot happening. And he's got a post over at uh, Center for Immigration Studies, CIS.org. Uh, he does a blog over there, posts a lot of his articles, and this is just a day or two ago. Um, despite talk of tough consequences, Biden is admitting illegal immigrants just like before. So welcome back, Todd Benzman. How are you? Um, maybe broadly first, we'll get to the specifics of this. What went the way you expected with the last couple of weeks and what was different than you expected? If you know what I mean, you've been watching. This was coming at us for a freight train was coming for six months or maybe that's a little much. But what was different than you expected? What happened um, uh, that the way you expected? Oh, that's a great question. Well, what what happened that I expected is that the new get tough Trump, you know, the border is not open replacement policy for title 42 which is you know title eight we're going to expedite remove everybody we're going to deny everybody for asylum uh is still letting everybody who tests it right into the country so i expected that Mm -hmm. uh in other words what's happening is people will cross illegally turn themselves in they apply for asylum and if they decline asylum all they have to do is appeal the decline, and then they're like, okay, you got us. We cry, uncle, here's an NTA, and you're in the country for your appeal. So they're doing that uh, in very large numbers. Everybody who who does that gets in very soon. Uh, if they haven't already, word of that will spread all over Mexico, and we should see an increasing number of those. That I expected, I anticipated uh, exactly in that way I anticipated it. What was not expected was Texas uh, stepping in with large numbers of National Guard who are actually blocking on the riverbank mm. uh, and, and and putting themselves, uh, not just National Guard tactical units and Texas DPS, actually blocking entry at the razor wire right on mm. the edge of the river, but also bringing in other states uh, who are now arriving in force uh florida uh national guard and police officers uh and i believe and there was one other state i can't remember which one it is but they're bringing oh idaho okay uh they're 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 arriving as well and so those who would cross illegally to take advantage of these loopholes that the administration put in are going to be facing real brawn actual physical brawn backed by uh pepper ball guns Mm. Mm. at the border all along and it doesn't seem like the administration is doing much yet to block the texans from this whole uh program but it is standing in the way uh somewhat of uh illegal crossers so that's good news for the border uh and and I think it's going to mitigate somewhat the number of people crossing illegally. What it's not going to mitigate, and this was also expected, so that was unexpected. Uh, another expected thing that is happening is uh, expansion. The administration vastly expanded the use of a humanitarian entry permit program in Mexico, hmm. where they're just pre-legalizing people on the Mexican side and inviting them in by the droves through ports of entry. So you can't see this, but uh, I'm being told that the lines where they used to be, you know, 30, 40, 50, 
are now many, many hundreds at a time every single day at every port of entry. Uh, I had a friend in Tijuana report that the line there one day last week was 500 yards long. Hmm. Uh, that's going to be, you know, that's going to be 2000 people or something right there. And then they're just escorting them right over the border with legal documents and into the country. So the mass migration is underway anyway, uh, either through the ports of entry or uh, between the ports of entry. Uh, and there's one last expected thing that uh, just interrupt me anytime. Yeah, yeah, one go last ahead. No, keep going. Yep. Yeah, I'm interested. Go ahead. Yeah. The one last uh, uh, way that they're getting in is that the number of runners is through the roof. So people who can't qualify for CBP one for the online app for the humanitarian permit thing yep. for one reason, they don't have the right documents or whatever, or they don't want to wait or they've got criminal history that might disqualify them are hiring uh, smugglers to uh, bring them over the border and then through thinned out border patrol ranks to interior highways where they can just get picked up and driven to cities. And I'm told that that, that uh, traffic is uh, increasing sharply right now, hmm. especially in New Mexico, Arizona, and West Texas through kind of wilderness areas that are very, very thinly patrolled. So there are three different ways that they are pouring through. The mass migration crisis is continuing. We don't have numbers on um, the CBP-1. Uh, so the, the administration is hiding that number. Is, so um, say, is, 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 is it, uh, we're talking with Todd Benzman again, cis.org. I'll put the link over on, uh, on our, uh, on, on social media too. Um, is it, am I overstating it to say that basically, uh, uh, that when people are, are signing up for this app, CBP one, it's a, um, that they're, they're either coached or they know how to do it right to get what they need. I, I like well, to be dramatic. I like to be dramatic at Todd and say the first thing we're teaching these people that want to come to America is to lie. But that, that's a little dramatic, right? It's a little bit of a radio host. But I mean, it, it, you know, the, you have to do something to be eligible, right? You have to be in a certain set of facts to be eligible, right? Yeah, you you have to claim that you are in some sort of immediate, imminent harm, uh, and 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 then you and that you are in need of humanitarian protection. Right. Inside the United States, you absolutely cannot exist a moment back in wherever you came from. So that's the presumption of CBP-1. The problem is that they're not being asked to tell their story in these these applications. You just kind of check a box. Right. And nobody's being interviewed. Right. So you're right. just they're just giving people carte blanche away into the country uh, through uh, this online app. And if you get one and they, they open the aperture uh, wide, the spigot has been open to maximum wide on May 12th. Uh, so, so the numbers, and they said that they were going to do that and they have done that, but the American people can't see this. Every land port of entry has just got incredibly long lines of thousands of people that they're letting in on this program. And they're not telling anybody about it, uh, and and they're not providing numbers uh, about it. My organization is suing the administration for the numbers. We asked for it in a FOIA, and they just ignored us. I know of at least one congressional office that 
that formally requested the numbers in a letter and were just blown off. They don't want these numbers out there because they are going to be shocking how many people they're letting in this way. Uh, we're talking again with Todd Bensman, the National Security uh, National Security a Fellow, a Senior National Security Fellow over at the Center for Immigration Studies. Um, okay, so I, I don't know even how to say it. What happens next? I mean, the media coverage of it was somewhat substantial. Um, there is some polling that says people are fed up with it, but it's not modifying behavior, right? I mean, not at all. No, it's just it, it's. So here's what here's where we are. We're in a period where. The immigrants are figuring out still where the loopholes are, how they can get in on the, on the new Title VIII expedited removal. They're going to figure out that they can get in very easily. Uh, and, uh, they're also trying to figure out, well, am I better off crossing illegally and facing the Texas National Guard, uh, and maybe getting blocked there? Or how long is my wait for CBP one for one of these permits? And all of that is a little bit in flux. But in the meantime, the administration is running victory laps, saying there's this pause going on. Our policies have worked, (laughs) not mentioning that tens of thousands are crossing through the ports of entry. The way it's working is that we're just letting them in this other way that you can't see. And we're counting on the fact that you can't see it and the media doesn't know about it or care about it. Right. So. So that's what's going on. The mass migration continues uh, at maximum force. Every possible hole is just being uh, exploited. And I believe that what we're going to start to see as oh, in the coming weeks and maybe in a month or two is, uh, you know, just ever increasing numbers coming through these three ways. Runners, CBP1, legal crossings where they're allowed in. They have three different ways to get in, uh, and and I think maybe the ma- the majority of them might be coming in illegally at some point in the near future when they figure this out. Uh, but the media is that they went away because they're like, oh, the the big you know the big surge never materialized, right? The the big surge did materialize. It just they moved it through ports of entry. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. Nobody knows about it. Yeah, they they hit they, they hit. The, it's like the it was like when you were coaching us a few months ago that you're going to see the the numbers and they 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 changed the way they were counting the numbers so it looks like it was back to or to Trump levels. It's um it's hide the ball. But again, uh, Todd Bensman is our guest, Center for Immigration Studies, and uh, we should encourage you if you haven't read his book Overrun: How Joe Biden Unleashed the Greatest Border Crisis in U.S. History by Todd Bensman, and you go to Bensman, uh, you can go to Todd bensman.com also to, to track down all his stuff but uh you know the, the question is whether you know we're at a point where on this issue for sure the the administration is just so bold and brazen they they lie about it they mislead they misdirect people catch on there is some coverage they don't mod- modify behavior there's no sort of shame at this moment in this uh in the, on this issue so um well, all right they, Todd- they, count, they count on complexity to yeah, that's hide right the ball. That's and true too. most people, unless you're doing this full time like me, my job is to just, you know, study all this stuff all day long. Uh, nobody will nobody will get it. It's super easy to just throw out some kind of partial information 
Yep. And then just be done with it. And everybody just kind of goes, Oh, it looks like everything's well in hand. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's uh, it is incredible. All right. Todd Benzman, as always, thank you for uh, uh, coming on the program and we'll keep an eye again. Center for immigration studies, uh, cis.org. Uh, he has a blog over there, post some of his stuff. Also, he's published all over the place. Um, uh, New York post and uh, Washington examiner others. And he has his book, of course, overrun, which I will post a link to up there. If you haven't read it, it's the best I know. Uh, it just describes where we are. Be- and he's been was writing it months ago, but he could see what was coming. And uh, almost all of it has played out exactly the way he said and explains a lot of it. Um, so uh, thanks, Todd, uh, as always. We'll take a break, everybody. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. We'll be back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Our next guest is Naomi Wolf. Naomi Wolf, who for, well, now about two or three years has really been one of the leaders uh, across the world in talking about what she was seeing. She's, of course, famously, uh, Dr. Naomi Wolf, she's famously an author, a professor, a best-selling uh, author and columnist, and um, all the kinds of credentials. She's also the f- co-founder and the CEO of DailyClout.io, which is a civic tech company. And so she's long Long been, we were talking off the air, someone who would go anywhere and speak and, and had her wits about her and had her style about her very effective. And now I saw her last uh, few days ago at the Council for National Policy. Uh, but in some ways, she's talking about positions that are different than traditionally you would say uh, Naomi Wolf was talking about. But first, uh, Naomi Wolf, welcome back to the program. Uh, can you tell me a little bit more or summarize for our listeners? Because I got a question about it. Your civic tech company, dailycloud.io, how'd you get there? What does it do? How is it working in a world where big tech, and we'll talk about that, tries to silence lots of voices? Yeah, thank you for asking. So um, it really came out of my experience as a political consultant, yes, for uh, Clinton's <laughs> re-election campaign and for right. Gore 2000. Of course, you know, it's all been part of my journey to now being totally nonpartisan <laughs> and just caring about the Constitution. But when I was, you know, in those kind of halls of power, I saw that people what of whatever background, uh, whatever political persuasion are really kept out of the legislative process very intentionally. And this is this was on the left and the right. I mean, you know, there was big oil, big defense, uh, you know, big, big NRA sitting on the right and big trial lawyers, big pharma, certainly big education sitting on the left and really trying to do deals without, um, ordinary people being able to even see or understand the legislation. So I knew that I had to start a company that had a digital component because, you know, that's the only way to get information people widely these days. And so we launched BillCam and Daily Cloud. BillCam is a legislative database that lets you um, search any state or federal bill and share it through social media. Hmm. So you can see what's in the bill. You can take action on it. You can tweet the sponsor, tweet your representative. And it's very, you know, it makes legislation very transparent and it gives people a lot of power hmm. to really move the dial. We've been really successful, um, empowering people to change bills or stop bills or move bills forward or, you know, educate people about, about bills using this technology. And then we've just launched something amazing. That I'll happily give you a demo of, you know, anytime you want, which is called Communities. And it's a Facebook competitor, basically, but without the surveillance and data harvesting and censorship. Mm. And so you can start any community around any bill or anything. And it gives, um, you know, small candidates without huge budgets a way to reach all their constituents or possible voters. It gives small 
publishers or, you know, small news outlets, smaller, you know, mm-hmm. uh, yep. across the country, a way to reach their audiences. Basically, anyone who wants to start a community can do so using all the functionalities of Facebook. Hmm. Okay, clout. Uh, we'll, we'll make sure uh, dailyclout.io and I'll learn more about it. I'd love to talk about it. I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of people, not just conservatives, a lot of people that are saying, hey, give me places where I know you're not going to harvest my data, but also you're not going to uh, uh, influence everything I'm doing. We're talking with Dr. Naomi Wolf. Of course, she's really famous too, by the way, for uh, many best-selling uh, books, but including The Beauty Myth, Give Me Liberty and the End of America. Um, so let me slide over now to where we are today. One of the things that flagged me to talk with you now was didn't even know I'd see you at CNP, but um, that you're you're again even now even today there's uh, in the UK the their version I don't know is it the dif- disinformation board over there we got we Correct. sort of got rid of ours is targeting you still I thought you sort right. of I thought you sort of proved <laughs> I thought you were sort of right on a whole bunch of stuff don't they let you up now and they say Naomi Wolf who we thought was wrong but now she actually turns out to be right she's got something <laughs> to say you're still being targeted tell us about this yeah I mean really the more right. I am proven to be the more targeted. I <laughs> That's <laughs> right. really what's happening. So literally, you know, your audience may know, and if not, I'll share with them. Um, we started a project at Daily Cloud with, uh, in partnership with um, Steve Bannon's War Room to call, you know, issue a call for um, medical and scientific experts to join us in or join together in reading through and explaining what was in the Pfizer documents, these 55,000 documents released under court order. Um by a successful lawsuit by Aaron Siri. Mm-hmm. And these are documents that the uh, the FDA asked the court to keep hidden for 75 years. Well, now we know why. And just very, very briefly, they document the greatest crime against humanity in history. I mean, unbelievable harms against human beings that they knew about, murders, um, sterilizations, uh, you know, maiming, um, strokes, heart attacks, Blood clots, lung clots, leg clots, um, neurological events, 1,223 deaths, um, many of the deaths within 48 hours after the injection. Mm-hmm. So catastrophic, but also a full-on assault, knowing assault on human reproduction, both male and female, but especially female. They knew that the transplacental exposure to the vaccine, their words, would would kill babies basically in utero and, and, and sterilize women, um, in poison breast milk, horrible things. But anyway, the more, you know, we now have 71 reports by these experts. We, they're published. They're all free on dailycloud.io. They all link to the primary source documents in Pfizer. So mm-hmm. like the Pfizer's own documents. So this is not opinion. The fact are right there. You know, you can see for yourself what Pfizer knew and did to human beings anyway. And then Moderna documents are just now being released by court order. So um, so this is, you know, a, a horrendous crime against humanity. And people have to understand it because people are suffering from these deaths and side effects and, you know, miscarriages, not knowing what's wrong and their doctors are not telling them. So all that being said, um, the more especially we um, bring to light the intentional damage to fertility, not just in this generation, but into the next and possibly into the future, um, the more, uh, you know, two gov- three governments are going after us. So we've yeah. got uh, the CDC, as soon as we published Report 69, Amy Kelly's report showing that um, Pfizer knew that the you know, injection caused miscarriages and uh, poisoned breast milk. Um, and this eight-page <clears throat> document is linked in the report. Mm-hmm. Yep. You can see it for yourself. Uh, three days after that, Rochelle Walensky resigned um, because she had this 
report, right? They turned in the report on April 20th of 2021. Three days later, Dr. Walensky issued a White House press conference telling America that American pregnant women that they she recommended that they take the vaccine. So she's a murderer. Um, clearly, I mean, it's not my opinion. It's right there in black and white. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then five days after that, uh, Ofcom, which is, as you mentioned, Britain's media watchdog, regulates media over there, which is pretty right. sad. Um, right. They had been, <laughs> they'd opened an investigation into me and Mark Stein and GB News in November of last year when I first brought um, these harms to pregnant women and babies and, and lactation to the the British public. And uh, seven months later, but three days after Dr. Walensky resigned, they decided I was guilty and Mark Stein was guilty and GB News was guilty of, quote, harm. And the, quote, harm in my case is not, they didn't say it wasn't true. They didn't say my facts were wrong because they are right. Um, They didn't even mention the 3,500 doctors and scientists who are the authors of the reports. They said it was harm because what I was saying would cause... um, people to change their medical practices Hmm. and they were also i'm sorry if i may i just need to add because it's so ironic and tragic um (laughs) they were upset at me for calling it mass murder even though it's 1223 people died and they knew why so i don't know what else to call it obviously everyone needs a you know trial by jury of their peers but it is certainly you know Right. Anyway, I, I, I stand by my words. And then the last thing is that um, they were upset at me for saying that this was like the early years of the 1930s in Germany when doctors were enlisted to create a two-tier society and um, normalize um, kind of getting, you know, youth, euthanasia, basically, euthanizing the quote-unquote life unworthy of life. And I'm Jewish, and my grandma lost nine brothers and sisters to the Holocaust. So, you know, I know what I'm talking about. I've studied the the early years right before uh, 1933 in great detail. And what I'm saying is literally historically accurate, but they're upset about that as well. Uh, we're talking about Naomi Wolf, by the way, I was looking up while we're talking. Uh, the, the, bo- the book that about a year ago right now, in fact, I bought it in the inside cover I've written down. I bought it on May 31st, 2022. The Bodies of Others, The New Authoritarians, COVID-19 and the War Against the Human. It's a fascinating book. It's all of, I think, in some ways, uh, Naomi Wolf, your um, background in ethics, your background in understanding policy, and then putting it on this. It's an extraordinary uh, book. I, as I congratulate you. But um, now let me transition a second to something. In the UK, it's even foreign for the Americans who now have, I think that we've seen that they tried to make a disinformation board, right? And they failed. If, if you say failed means that they publicly retracted one of the people resigned or whatever. But, you know, we, then we see like the Durham report, not like we see the Durham report and we say mm. to ourselves, huh? Okay. Lots of people lying. I mean, at this point, right. you, you, you probably, if I can say, could have stood there in in your early years and said, I watched the Reagan administration and they, they had, by the way, it was adjudicated that a bunch of people lied about Iran Contra and about yes. some of the things. So, you you know, lying in government is not a distinguishing characteristic in history. The power right. <laughs> of the lie in government when it's coupled with the media and tech and even academia going along is what's uh, you talk about authoritarian. It's beyond mm belief i mean where where do we end up well throw in doctors right he's like right, right. the whole medical establishment got co-opted right. and internationally not just in our country so what's your question everything you're well, saying is true yeah, my, my question is where do we go from here 
I mean, where, yeah, that, my question is, where do we go from here when, okay, we're going to, uh, American people are getting on with their life and they're saying, man, it's hard to buy stuff and we're going to, you know, whatever. And, go, and they're, and they're being, and they're being inundated. You know, I, I, I'm sure you have a longstanding experience. The ACLU is ramping up nationally to make sure that parents don't have control, not just over abortion, but over vaccines, over whatever. I mean, and the we're ACLU this, is doing that. The ACLU is leading in Ohio. I'm, I'm expanding it a little bit. I'm in Ohio on the, on the, uh, on the idea that parental c- control, parental consent should be limited. And, you oh know, my, I, gosh. I, my my point there is, you know, and I'll tell you, you'll appreciate it. We're talking with Dr. Naomi Wolf. I remember years ago, long before COVID, Phyllis Schlafly passed away before COVID. I went to her yeah. and I said, you know, Phyllis, we have people on uh, that are uh, eagles that some of them are believe that the hundred percent that there was corruption and that, that autism and other things are impacted by vaccines. And we have other people that say, this is keeping us safe. And Phyllis said, there's a lot on both sides. And she said, but here's the one line we have to draw. Parents have to have control over their kids' health care and vaccines. Right. And, right. and, but my point though is, all these things are happening so fast. Um, and aided government is aided by, uh, uh, the media, big tech and, mm-hmm. and yeah. big media. How do we break out of that? I mean, how do we yeah. fight through that? Yeah, great question. I mean, it is all coming at us so fast. I, you know, I, I did conclude that the injections are a bioweapon. Um, right. and that, uh, you know, my evidence is that they were made in, with an MOU with the Chinese Communist Party and that CCP uh, with Pfizer's BioNTech, the subsidiary, created a billion doses and have created manufacturing and distributing plants in Western Europe and North America. So, you know, we now know the virus was uh, man-made um, in China. The the vaccine, you know, has the same ingredients and worse, um, you know, spike protein is the same toxin, but lipid nanoparticles are are you know, sterilizing. We now know that they knew, everyone knew in that space since 2017 that they were sterilizing. Um, and so, yes, we're, we're under attack. There is a war. Um, and so what do we do? And so I, I really want to credit, you know, my husband, Brian O'Shea, who spent 12 years in military intelligence and subsequently in the intelligence community. And he has analyzed what's going on geopolitically. It is a war. Um, and so, you know, drawing from his guidance, what we really need to do is um, strengthen our communities locally uh, and at a state level and, you know, all the other things. Make sure we know where our food is coming from. Make friends with farmers. Um, Second Amendment is so important. I can't believe I'm saying that, but it is. <laughs> all of us need to know how to defend ourselves. Um, all of us need to follow every piece of legislation that affects our family. And you can use Bill Camp for that church and synagogue, you know, like we we have to strengthen all of the places town halls where we can meet together without the mediation of our digital overlords because they want to um lie to us they want to uh, separate us they want to control us they want to harvest our data surveil us um and you know absolutely uh bring criminal charges and civil charges against school boards and government government officials who are trying to you know mask our children inject our children um uh lie to our children um and there are forms on daily cloud where you can to teach you to bring civil and criminal charges right. against them so all of these things but i guess the last thing i would say is i do think it's a spiritual battle mm-hmm. and um i think i do now like i'm not proselytizing but i do believe pre- 
prayer is literally the only way we're going to keep these evil forces at bay in addition to everything else. Well, Dr. Naomi Wolf, thank you for being out there. That's what, a mark of your whole life in some ways is that you've, uh, when you've found things that you believe in, you've been willing to be out there and have people question and ask questions. Usually it's more pleasant than maybe the last few years, but it sounds like you have uh, a great balance in, uh, in your family and your husband. So Dr. Naomi Wolf, let me say, make sure to say again, dailyclout.io. If you go, there's a lot of ways to click through and find out more about it. And also the body of others, the new authoritarians, COVID-19 and the war against the human is her most recent book about a year ago. Unfortunately, the only thing I missed, which is in, I went back and listened to the last interview with you and we had about a 10 second conversation and I can't do it now because I'm out of time, but it's about, and I wish you would write on this because I think you could lead a lot of us and that you said something like, you know what? I'm printing out all of my bank records, my credit cards, because Mm. if they shut us down uh, Mm. uh, digitally, you have to go show what you actually had and they'll say, oh, sorry, you can't get into the cloud. It's gone. You know, you're not allowed to go to the cloud, but I don't have time for it. Sorry. (laughs) I hate to do that to you. Next time we'll talk about that. You summarize. I did want to say before I go okay. that the book, the Pfizer book, is available on. Oh, sorry. Amazon. Oh, that's fine. And also on dailycloud.io. Uh, so okay. it's the War Room Daily Cloud Pfizer Documents book. So very, okay, very life saving information. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you, Dr. Naomi Wolf. We will uh, talk again soon. Uh, and yes. we will take a break right now and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. I'll put up links to uh, the social media of what we talked about with her. Be right back. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. And we're upholding the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly, a constitutional attorney and articulate voice for traditional values for more than 70 years. Now, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Yesterday, I told you about how President Biden's executive order on guns falsely targets gun manufacturers. Today, I'd like to point out some of the other ways that Biden's order fails to do anything meaningful about violent crime. Biden openly stated that his order treads as close to the line of the Second Amendment as he possibly can. Let's take a look at some of the tired falsehoods that Biden relied upon while making his announcement. Biden heavily leaned on the false claim that the 1990s federal ban on so-called assault weapons, which he says he championed, was somehow responsible for a decrease in mass shootings for the 10 years that it was in effect. Yet a study conducted by the University of Pennsylvania Center for Criminology, which could hardly be called a right-leaning source, concluded that no link could be drawn between the ban and a drop in mass shootings. The study concluded that there has been no discernible reduction in the lethality and injuriousness of gun violence based on indicators like the percentage of gun crimes resulting in death or the share of gunfire incidents resulting in injury. Despite this academic evidence, President Biden falsely claims credit for something he did not do and did not happen. Biden also claimed that his executive actions focus on background checks will keep criminals from getting their hands on firearms. Yet anyone who has ever purchased a firearm knows that you already have to get a background check to buy a gun. The glaring exception is if you are a criminal and don't purchase your firearm through legal means. Crooks don't have to get a background check when they steal firearms out of cars and homes, nor do they need a background check when they buy a gun off of the street. Yet President Biden couldn't be bothered in his big speech to talk about the best way to keep gun crimes from happening. The best way is by putting an end to the soft on crime policies that are so common in liberal cities. Rather than letting criminals go free in the name of social justice, let's keep the bad guys locked up and the good guys well armed. 
This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report with Ed Martin, president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. For 50 years, Mrs. Schlafly promoted grassroots efforts to rally conservatives. Today, you can harness the power of social media by going to phyllisschlafly.com and sharing these commentaries with friends across the country. Get started at phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. I need to finish up very quickly. Uh, I've got only 30 seconds more. Uh, Let me say... Uh, besides, thank you to Noah Dingley and to Ryan Hyde, our producers on this. Uh, let me encourage you again, ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com. We've been growing our followers, uh, people who are uh, getting on our uh, Wink, our daily email list. So you want to head over there. It'll pop up as a box there. And also, PhyllisSchlafly.com is where you can find all the writings of John Schlafly and Andy Schlafly. Uh, they've been getting a lot of attention for their columns, and you've heard John Schlafly on here. So uh, thank you, as always, for tuning in to the program. Pass it on to other people. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, uh, especially on Twitter at Eagle Ed Martin. Uh, Pass it around and we will be back tomorrow. Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Talk to you then. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer San Diego. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.